bad, immoral, and wrong. This is the Modern Eater Show. Piping hot and delicious. The Modern Eater. Food, 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 food. Your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. All right, we can do this. Live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado, here it is, another edition of the Modern Eater Show. And uh, got Brian Freeman alongside of me, myself, Greg Hollenbeck, uh, the whole crew here, Jay Parker and uh, Dave Avery, Little Rich Schneider. We're getting going, and uh, we've got a great lineup for you. Did you know, Brian, that Monday is National Empanada Day? Yes, it is. I what was that? <laughs> Lorena had just a little uh, hiccup over there. I, I heard. What was that? Yes, it's exciting. And did you know that we are full-blown spring in the Rocky Mountains? Oh, it's, there's so many exciting things going on. We just got back from a little farm tour in Salida. So much to talk about. Great chefs in the house tonight. Uh, Chef Chito Ariola's here. Chef Brandon Becker. Uh, Chef Mark Whistler. And then none other than this chef right here in front of us right now. Here she is. Her name is Lorena. Can you believe I've got this? I sat there for so long. Kentaravici. Is it close? Lorena Kentaravici. <laughs> How are you, Lorena? It's been a while. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Maria Empanada. And uh, we love what you guys do. Victor's here along with us as well. Hi, Victor. How are you guys? Thank you for Good. having us. Yeah, absolutely. Are you guys all ramped up for Monday? We are. National Empanada Day is a brilliant day, and especially having Lorena in town. What are you going to do for us on Maria? Empa- I mean, on uh, National Empanada Day. I think we are going to do Empanada Gallegas. That is the authentic empanada. Okay, so it comes from Spain, and we are going to um, try to make different flavors and people to try it. So it will be a lot of things. And a lot of events in that week, we are going to have gauchos. You know what is a gaucho? Oh, please tell. Gaucho is like, what is a gaucho? (laughs) A gaucho is the Argentinian equivalent of the American cowboy. All right. They come from the area called Las Pampas. And this is like the plains of the country. They have spectacularly unique outfits. The pants are very sort of uh, like that, like this, but stuffed inside boots. And they drink mate, which Lorena is addicted to. And tell us about about that, Lore. Well, yes, uh, mate is yerba, uh, is like a herb that comes only in South America, uh, more traditionally in Brazil and Argentina, and we drink that every single day. If I don't drink it, I die, I need to tell you that. And that's like your coffee, though, right? Kind I of, mean, it's yeah. kind of like a coffee, but a natural, yeah. a, an herbal kind of yes. tea coffee. Do you yes. have any here with you today? Oh, uh, no, at well, this time I don't drink it because if not, I can sleep. But ah, um, it's yeah, it's kind of more morning for me. But, a, a midday pick me up. A too, midday yeah. pick me up too. I like that. <laughs> and morning. And here's the beautiful thing about mate, which I, I, I'm Colombian, and I've learned this from having uh, many years now working with an Argentinian brand. The beautiful thing is that it's uh, it's all about a ritual. The mate is the name of a gourd that traditionally was used, into which you would put the herb. And then you pour hot water into it, and you have what is known as a bombilla. These guys say bombilla because bombilla. They, don't, they don't know how to pronounce a double L sound in Argentina. <laughs> Come on, Colombian, you can say it. Bombilla. <laughs> Not bombilla. There we go. And the bombilla is a straw, 
and in the bottom it has these tiny little holes. So it's like, like a, a strainer. Sift, a strainer. Yeah, a strainer so on the straw. Yeah. So when you uh, drink the the juice, obviously you don't get any of the herb in there. But the beautiful thing about this tradition is that you dr you know you pour the water yourself, you drink it, and then you pass it on to the next person. And they do the same thing, and then they pass it on to the next person. Yeah. So two things. Number one, it's like the American peace pipe of the Native <laughs> Americans. You know, you pass it. It's a beautiful... You remember you're in Colorado. That's you're, uh, right. <laughs> that's why I said the Native Americans peace pipe, not the other kind of pipes that we're used to in this state. Uh, although the effects may have been the same. But, but here's the other, th other beautiful thing is that it is a symbol of... Uh, of, of Community. Know, community. Yes. Exactly. And you carry it everywhere that you go. Uh, in the buses, you see kids doing it. In the families, you share. And the, the interesting thing is that as we've begun to sell it at the restaurants, we find that Americans aren't quite used to sharing cooties. <laughs> yes, yes, hey, you're, and, and, and you're that. really right about that because yeah. I have a problem with that. But I, you know, I just take it in as an experience. Well, but I've seen them travel with their own straws. I mean, I've seen people with these little pouches, and they go around, and whenever they order it, they just have their own straw, That's and they bring it out. The true, the true. The, you just said something, and I'm pointing at Lorena over here. The true, the true. That's how the true Argentinians drink their sherba mate. Lorena, how do you drink it? As a tea. As a tea. Well, it's because it's, being, it's meant to do it with friends, you know, to pass it around. And when I'm by myself because nobody drinks mate, I just drink it as a tea. So I make it like a herbs and then I... Um, French press. Like, a French like press, I use a French yes. press okay, and yes. then I do the, <laughs> the mate by myself. <laughs> now, do you like it cold? Because there's lots no, of no, cold no, 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 mate no, coming. No, no, okay, no, okay. No, no, no. That's the new version. That's the a gaucho new will be really mad about that. That's We call that the nouveau riche. Exactly. <laughs> Reina and Victor here with us from Maria Empanada and, and again, National Empanada. I liked where you were going with that earlier, Victor. It should be National Maria Empanada Day. Uh, that, that just sounds right to me. And uh, if you're listening to the broadcast, check us out on Facebook Live because uh, Lorena is putting together some empanadas for us here today. So why don't we do that as, as you're working here? Kind of describe what you're doing and then also talk about Maria Empanada. And can you get these at your locations, which you have uh, quite a few now? Okay. I have five locations right now, but these ones we are going to find it only on Broadway okay. because Broadway is the one that we are celebrating also this week. It is the fifth year anniversary and uh, it combines with the Empanada Day. So we are going to do at this time some empanadas that we have there and they are all gallegas. So they are called gallegas because they come from Galicia, from Spain. And you are going to try two. One that is there already, that has tuna, is very, very authentic. One flavor that comes really, really from Spain. And the other one is kind of more Argentinian style. And it's ham and cheese and a few things in there that are going to make it very, very, very flavorful. So we are going to make both of them at this time. So the tuna and the ham and cheese with um, tomatoes and red peppers. Which one are you going to start with? Both. Both. All right, Same let's time. do it. Uh, so Same just kind of describe as you go here. Yeah. So we are going to put a little bit of um, 
the tuna. The tuna has already a tomato sauce that is cooked minimum for four hours, okay? So we have the tuna with red peppers and has some a little bit of onion. Uh, has that um, red, uh, like a tomato sauce that is cooked for, like I told you, like almost around four hours or a little bit more. That sauce has wine, red wine. So it has a very, very interesting flavor, and I love it. There's a homemade recipe. Uh, in addition, we have put here hard-boiled eggs. Don't be scared. Don't be scared of I'm the hard-boiled eggs. Don't be afraid at all. Yeah, don't well, be afraid at all. Lorena, can I jump in and ask you a question? Yes, please About do. this tuna, I, I, I worry that someone at home says she cooked tuna for four hours. No, 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 no. Tell, no, me, no. tell me more. No, the tuna is not cooked for four hours. The tomato sauce is cooked for four to, uh, four hours. So the oh, tuna okay. is not. Then we mix it. We with mix tuna. it with the tuna. Okay. We mix it with the tuna. We mix it with the hard-boiled eggs. We mix it with some red peppers and a little bit of um, tom like tomato sauce and uh, fresh tomatoes also. And then that's the empanada gallega. It's done just with that. Simple. But the powerful thing is in the tomato sauce. Okay. Am I clear? And you said the first one is more of a Spanish. This, so this, this is, is a Spanish. This is a Spanish, very, very, okay. very Spanish uh, style of empanada. Correct. Actually, the name Gallega is Gal comes from Galicia, the region of Spain. So, okay. Galicia. Interesting. I'm excited to try this. I, I have had real authentic Argentine empanadas with things like raisins and corn. And um, one of my good friends, mother's mother is Argentinian. Oh, really? And so I've, I've had empanadas probably for about the last 15 years. Um, and it was one of the things she always made when she came around. Yeah. And so I've fallen in love with them because I think, you know, it was it was a lot of fresh vegetables. And then she would change up the meat every every week. So, yes. so when, when you come to our restaurant, you'll notice those, okay, that are the traditional shaped empanadas, right, mm -hmm. that are folded uh, and, and sort of served individually. Two things, I'll come back to that. This is a different kind of empanada. This comes from Spain, and it's really traditional. And it was always made like this, and to describe it to the listeners, it's uh, usually a rectangular form that is, was made by you know yesteryear's mothers. And it was uh, uh, baked, then cut into pieces, and served so that the individuals in the family could each grab their own piece. Um, the empanadas we have right now at Maria Empanada are a tribute to Argentinian our empanada making, which, as you will, will, will know the region of Latin America, Argentina is the mecca of empanada culture through the Americas. Yeah, just like the different name, different regions of the world as far as empanada goes. Exactly. There's the samosas of the Indians. There's the pastis of the uh, Brits. Uh, which, interestingly, uh, when they came to the Americas and went to Mexico, the, the Mexican people began to call them pastes mm -hmm. instead okay. of pastis. And yeah. so now they don't say empanadas per se, especially, I believe it's the northern part of Mexico. Empanada? No, <laughs> they're, now they're called pastes. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah, pastes. pastes. Yeah. So let me ask you, Victor, because Let's this is... Let's do this. Let's yeah. take a oh, quick break okay, sorry and we'll about come that. back yep. and we'll um, rejoin this because we're assembling these right now. We'll get some in the oven and show you the other product. Uh, but you, basically, you've got a sheet pan out here. You've got your dough, dough rolled out. And to me, the, I mean, it's almost like pizza style of what I'm looking at right here. Hmm, interesting. But now I will, I will cover it with another dough. 
and you're gonna. So come. what you are seeing, you're not going to see it All again. Right, it's going tight. to disappear. It is going to disappear. Okay, cool. So um, right now um, on Monday, it's Monday, right? What are you guys gonna do special for Empanada Day? Well, National Empanada Day begins what is a one-week celebration at I our restaurant. Had to figure. The the last day being uh, on the 15th of, of uh, uh, April, which is a following Monday, when we celebrate the fifth year anniversary of our Maria Empanada Broadway and Louisiana. Oh, congratulations. Let's talk so, more about yes. that. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. I'm um, going to take a quick turnaround right here from Studio Kitchen, Colorado, and continue again. Great chefs here with us, and we're going to talk about uh, rabbit. Ra- Do you like rabbit? Yeah. Lorena? I saw something there, right? We asked Victor if you'd make a rabbit empanada. He said, uh, <laughs> he said no way. I actually Googled it. There is such thing. Oh, yeah. There is such oh, yeah. thing out there. Okay, we'll be right back from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. You are listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com. Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion. Infused with American spirit. Rocker whiskey, rocker rum, rocker vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And if you get hungry while you're sipping on some drinks, they've got the best food truck line in town. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Rockerspirits.com. Rockerspirits.com. Hi, I'm Andrew Moore, brewmaster at the Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. At Intrepid Sojourner, beer tells a story inspired by my adventures as a well-traveled archaeologist. My recipes draw inspiration from all over the world, from historical styles like satis, grazers, and kvass, to adjunct beers inspired by flavors from international cuisines. My beers broaden the horizons of what beer can be. Explore basil IPA and Turkish coffee stout. Enjoy chai brown ale, taste lavender tripel, and the distinct horchata milk stout. Thoughtfully sourced spices and herbs enhance flavors inherent to indigenous beer styles. My sincere hope is that Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project will inspire adventure and wanderlust. Come visit the tap room and share your tales with friends and plan your next sojourn. Located at 925 West 8th Avenue in the heart of the Arts District on Santa Fe. For everything Intrepid, look us up online at sojournerbeers.com And remember to drink globally, locally. Little Rich here. It's the new year and we're all looking for ways to save money. Here's a tip I bet you didn't know about. Do what I do. Buy your natural gas wholesale. Instantly saving 10 to 12% off your gas bill every single month. Baby, that's some serious cash. Do what I've done for years and call Brian Rizzuto at Encore Energy today. The sooner you call, the sooner you save. Call Brian at Encore Energy. 720-245-5771. That's 720-245-5771. Save money on natural gas with Encore Energy. All right, back to uh, Studio Kitchen Colorado and Lorena from Maria Empanadas here in just a minute. But I have to tell you about this cool sponsor. Man, you talk about hyper-local. You talk about delicious products. You talk about Rome Sausage. And Rome Sausage is committed to producing high-quality sausage right here in Denver, Colorado. They source an individual cut of pork that features the perfect fat-lean ratio. That's very important. Their spices are hand-mixed and blended with fresh ground pork to create the perfect sausage. Rome Sausage refuses to cut corners, ingredients, or technique. They do things the right way. Rome Sausage proudly makes the small-batch sausages. 
I've had their blueberry link. Did you have their blueberry link, Brian? I did. That was so tasty. Oh, man, breakfast. That's like a breakfast sausage you would love. Bratwurst, chicken apple, chorizo, German, green chili, hot pork, Italian meatballs, mild pork, Polish pork, and turkey sausage. They've got it all. Rome Sausage distributes to small variety of food service distributors from Shamrock Foods, Harvest Meats, and Anderson Beef. Uh, if you are a food service customer and don't source your products through one of those distributors, get this, Brian, Rome's will deliver direct as well. Oh, so don't you love that? I do love that. So if you're looking for smaller quantities for home or use, they do have a full line of products available at Heine's Market. You've been to Heine's? Oh, that's a Colorado original right there. They also accommodate pickups by appointment. They're going to get you covered. Just get a hold of Chris Johnson. Uh, Chris is the man. He'll get you all set up. Email Chris at chris at romesausage.com. Uh, look them up online. You'll love them. We do. We love Rome Sausage, and you know, we know you will, too. Yo, yo, what's up? This is Justin Brunson, Culture Meat and Cheese in Denver Central Market. I'm a meat guy. <laughs> and you're listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Yes, you are. Last week, I think we're going to go fly fishing together on Tuesday. I hope you take them up on that. I was in there having lunch at Old Major just the other day, and what a tasty chicken sandwich I had. Lorena Cantuarvici, she's here with us. Maria Empanadas and Victor's here along with us as well. We'll be celebrating uh, National Empanada Day on Monday, and why not? Uh, Just another reason to celebrate, right? You guys love to celebrate. It's within the culture. We are party people. Let me in. Do you really party, though? I mean, you're a busy lady. You've got uh, children, which I've met. Uh, Cool kids. Do you feel like a chauffeur? You just drive kids around, don't you? Yeah, but I love it. But in the meantime, (laughs) yes. Jay drives me around. He doesn't love it quite as much. Really? Yeah, he doesn't like it at all. As we continue here, uh, Facebook Live, you're going to get full value because you're watching Lorena put these delicious empanadas together. And again, when we broke away, I said, hey, it kind of looks like a pizza. She says, it's not going to resemble that in a minute. Yeah. So where are we? where did we leave off, Lorena? So after that, now you can see what is in there, right? So now it doesn't look like a pizza. No, it does not. It does not anymore because we put another layer of um, a dough. And now we are going to close it. And that will be part of the empanada gallega. So from here are going to come two empanadas gallegas. Remember, one with tuna and another one with ham and cheese, tomatoes and red peppers. So now is kind of the most fun part because now it comes the art. And uh, here's where we play and we have to create something that make it look beautiful and uh, take the idea of a calzón, you know? Yeah. So that's what we are going to do. And when they are closed, um, we are going to cut everything that has to do with the leftover of the dough. And this time I'm going to keep it because those are going to be part of the art that I'm going to put around or in the top. <laughs> Which, by the way, it, it, we got to be very careful of comparing a calzón to an empanada. Si, 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 si. si. Calzo- Victor doesn't let me do that. Sorry. That's right. The calzón, which is the Italian version of an empanada and vice versa, is a lot doughier. And it's very thick dough for the most part. It also tends to be a lot bigger. Empanadas are different. They're, especially Maria Empanada empanadas. The, the dough is very, uh, it, it's a lot less doughy. And it has uh, 
a trick to it, which Lorena is going to be showing us in this particular type of empanada. And for the for the listeners and, and then viewers also for Facebook, remember, this is not the traditional shape of an empanada. You know? No, this is the Spanish version. And, and Victor, you, you led me into my question that we, before we went on the break that I wanted to ask you. Do you think that it's interesting, every culture around the world has their version of an empanada? If you look in, like in the Asian world, they have a dough wrapped around uh, ingredients. And it's very similar. The dumpling right. is very similar, but not an empanada. Everybody uses their Different own version of the dough. Yeah, and it, well, and it, it, but it's very interesting because, like he said, I think that the calzone is like the Italian version of an empanada. And, the, and then you go into all of the different, you know, uh, because all around the world, uh, you have a pierogi. That's right. A pierogi is very similar to an empanada, but it's just everybody's culture has their own version. And I, that's what I love about this, because you're showing us two different cultures. You're showing us today, you're showing us a, tradi- a traditional mm-hmm. um, Argentine empanada and a Spanish empanada. So I, I thank you. But, but here's something even more interesting. Within the, the microcosm of Latin America, if you will, knowing that it's a huge-ass place, and forgive my French, <laughs> uh, you have a whole variety of ways of making empanada. From the north, they have mostly sweet empanadas, Mexico, all the way down to, to the south, where they tend to be baked. Colombia, fried empanadas. Venezuela, uh, stuffed with more olives than, than uh, Chilean, have to, has olives and a little bit of raisins. Some other places would never have those combinations. Argentinian empanadas have egg, for example, or at least the Maria empanada ones. You'd never find that anywhere else. So the beauty within one specific hemisphere also is that you have all that variety in shape, in size, in form, you know, in, in ingredients, and obviously whether it's baked or not. Well, the Latins have the smallest personalities all around the world, I think. You know? Especially the Argentinians. <laughs> well, we are sencillitos. That's what we said. The notion of stuffing, some, you know, putting dough around delicious ingredients, no matter where they are, what region in the world, it was. Really really a no-brainer, and I can see why there are so many different variations throughout the world, but the, the, the certain tweaks from, from that region that you're in. Um, I'm anxious to see, because I am what I am seeing, and, and much more beautiful, it, is, it does have that look of a calzone, but you say it's going to be less doughy. That's right. Okay. Well, it's a thinner dough. But it's a different... Not only that, but let me interrupt you guys for a second. Watch what she's doing. I'm looking. Okay. And watch with goo. What am I doing it? I'm using a beer to make humidity in the dough. To seal it. To seal it. And that, it helps me. And it's going to be a little bit taste of mm-hmm. that when you when you eat the crust oh, and the repulgue. Now, do you always use a beer? Or? Oh, no, oh. no, no. Just for today. Just for, for tonight, because you you're guys. at a place Just like for you guys. where you know we don't like beer at all. Exactly. <laughs> Can you see? Now, Lorena's want to use a lot of Spanish in her English, but she just said a word that you need to learn. Repulgue. Can you please try it? Uh, no. Repulgue. 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 You have to use your hand like Repulgue. this. Repulgue. So, so repulgue is the art, and, she, and Lorena will expand on this, of the fold and the twist. At Maria Empanada, we have 14 daily repulgues, and there are even a lot more. And what it is, it's really... Do you want to tell them what it is, the repulgue? You do it. Okay, I'm I'll do it. Concentrated here. Okay. The repulgue is the art form of twisting and folding the edges of the empanada. 
What's beautiful is that there are many different folds and twists, many different repulgues, okay? Each one tells you two things. Number one, the ingredient that's inside. So the shape of the, uh, the, the moon with a twist, with a folds like this, will tell you it's a caprese. With the, the one that has the type of, uh, of shape that she's doing in the big empanada gallega, but done in the smaller one is the Argentina. With a little twist on the top, it's the beef classico and so forth, okay? And the second thing it tells you is that it's an art form. And that's the most beautiful part about the empanada culture in, in, uh, in Argentina. And also that we are uh, trying to maintain at Maria Empanada is that it's, a losing, it's an art form that's being lost. Nowadays with machines, there are machines that take the disc, if you will, mm -hmm. of the dough. You put the, the ingredient inside and the machine folds it and seals it like a, like a moon shape, yep. half moon. And that's it. People are no longer doing the hand and twist. So one of the beautiful things that Lorena, who's very focused here uh, and, and making... It's pretty labor it, intensive, as, right. I, as I see. You yes. know, it's, it's not the easiest thing, but it is an art and it's beautiful. It's That's love right. also. And she's committed, yeah. she's committed to maintaining that tradition uh, and to bring it to the United States, which is, I think, one of the most beautiful uh, aspects of the I work. I love to hear that. I love to hear when people hold on to their culture and they don't let coming to another place destroy all that they are you can water you, down you know like, yeah like anything else yeah um, but it, it, lorena speak to that issue please how you've maintained the culture why you did that and and also the non-watering down of the product yes well it is uh, very important that um we can distinguish what it is uh in flavors right don't don't mix i mean i was requested to do macaroni and cheese empanada can you believe I'm going to do that? No, the macaroni and cheese goes in one area, in one type of plate. The empanada goes in another one. Flavors are different, as experiences are different, uh, cultures are different. So for me, it's very important that we have that definition and that separation very well defined. And um, that's what it makes the culture doesn't go away. That doesn't go away, you know. But would you encourage folks that have uh, they're they're watching this and they want to try their own ingredients? And is that forbidden upon, or is traditional just the way you need to go? Well, it's traditional within the Maria Empanada context. But you bring up something beautiful, and that is that cuisine has evolved mm -hmm. as it's been exposed to different ingredients, different Which is flavors. okay. It's not only okay, that's, thank God it's happened, sure. because that's how cuisine has evolved to what we now know. You know, we, we all have experienced the, the fusion, uh, if you will, cuisine type of things. But uh, again, the, the, the philosophy that Lorena came with was that she wanted to bring a part of her home to the United States and have it be as authentic as possible so that people could have a taste of Argentina. You couldn't do it any other way, though, could exactly. you, Lorena? I mean, you would feel like you're cheating yourself. Exactly. You have to stay pure with that. Yes. Guys, go over what people can expect when they go to Maria Empanada and just uh, the locations, if you could. Buena onda. Buena onda. Buena onda. We like to have fun, and we have like to have fun in different ways. I mean, cooking, taking care of the people, uh, interacting with, uh, with us, with each other. So that's another part of the ingredient on the, on the food, you know, having fun. You will hear in the music, in the air that is around. 
uh, in the location. I mean, no every single location is the same. We try to make it a little bit different so you can find your place uh, depending on the, of the, where you are. And uh, it's important that we have a... Yeah, the buena onda, yeah, main ingredient. Richie and I went and visited your new location at Broadway Market this past week. You did? And yes, yeah. yes, very cool to see these um, continuing on. How do you know how to pick the right location? Uh, that's a good point. We are still learning about that. Yeah, because <laughs> I can imagine you're going to keep going and going and going. Yes, uh, Happy yes. anniversary to you guys. You said five years? Five years on Broadway, yes. That's so neat. Fantastic. Yes. And Broadway's yes. the flagship, isn't that's it? That's the flagship, yeah. yes. But, and Greg, she has such an awesome story. I mean, she came to this country with $300 in her pocket. I, do you, did you know that? That's more than I have right now. I mean, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> that's more than I've got. Uh, but yeah, she built no, this, I, I, I mean, incredible little empanada empire, empire yeah, she's out so, of let, what let me rephrase that a ver, a ver, okay. actually let me correct you beautiful Opa. please do please this do this is not about a little empanada empire this is about the empanada oh, empire yeah. I excellent. like that excellent. can you see why these guys the yeah. marketing place by empanada Victor, okay, yeah. Yeah. so here's even more okay <laughs> Lorena has created the leading brand of empanada uh, of empanadas in the United States to the point that the Argentinian government has officially called her the ambassador of the empanada of the Argentinian empanada in the United what States. An I love it. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. You deserve that, yeah. Lorena. You're I mean just a super kind person. Thank just you so much. all the way around. The we, fact that she puts love in she, her empanadas. She truly does. And if you <laughs> get an opportunity to to meet Lorena and Victor, these people are the real deal. They're sweet, they're gracious, they're kind. Um, and they're giving you a little bit of themselves with every single empanada, and I love that. You guys are fantastic. Lorena, thank you, as thank always. You. Thanks thank for being you. here. Can't, can't wait to try this. We'll have to jump you back on the show when yes. this finished product yes. is done. Victor, as always. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for making the trip up from Colorado Springs. You, you honored us, so thank you for having us. Thank you so much. It's really they nice are. talking. Maria Empanada in the house, and uh, Lorena and Victor, these guys are class acts. Uh, we took a little trip up to a uh, farm, an alpaca farm in uh, Salida, Colorado this past week. I can't tell, wait to tell you about our adventures and, and a gal that we met. Her name's Jane Levine. She's from Jefferson Farms, and Jefferson Farms Products is what we're going to talk about uh, when we take a quick break from Studio Kitchen Colorado, and we'll be right back. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website themoderneater.com. Colleen Ferreira here with the Colorado Chefs Association. You've probably heard the excitement. This year we are creating a stir in the culinary community. This is your personal invitation to join us on our constant culinary adventure. Let us open up our network to you and help you grow professionally. Whether you are a chef, purveyor, brewer, baker, we are here to build your brand, your business, and connect you with Colorado's culinary community. Join us. I'd love to hear from you. Email me, Colleen, at acfcoloradochefs.org. O-R-G. Hey, chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas. Rockalitas, known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips, served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. If you, too, want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant-tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper-local, 
Colorado grown, cold pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry, or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Growers Organic, and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills. Want to bake the best? Bake with the best. Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas and the Modern Eater. Our wraps fold cold and don't break open, yet they're soft and delicious. What's my secret? Ardent Mills. Organic, ancient, and heirloom grains like quinoa, spelt, and more. Locally headquartered in Denver, Colorado, Ardent Mills provides the industry's broadest range of traditional and organic flours, whole grains, customized blends, and specialty products dedicated to providing the culinary industry with the next grains and unique plant-based ingredients. I love Ardent Mills, and I know you will too. To bake the best, you must use the best. Learn more at ardentmills.com. Back to Studio Kitchen Colorado in just a minute here in the Modern Eater Show continues. Right now, it's A-Plus Beverage Solutions and Jeff Rourke, a family-owned and operated business, 20 years he's been doing this, installing specialty tap installations, beer, wine, water, coffee, nitro. He'll take care of it all. He'll make your tap dreams reality. Uh, That inefficient beer pouring, you know how much it bothers me when you're at a restaurant or a bar and you're watching the bartender struggle with their tap system, pouring a very foamy beer. It's... um, the temperature's off. It's just terrible, and it's tacky. And and uh, the bottom line, if you're pouring inefficient beer, what are you doing, boys? You're, you're pouring, pouring your, your money, money down, down the drain. drain. Ah, don't do it. Don't pour your money down the drain. Get a hold of this man, A-plus beverage solutions and Jeff Rourke. He'll give you an A-plus report card if you just give him a phone call. 720-272-3809. 720-272-3809. It's Jeff Rourke and A-plus beverage solutions. Hey, this is Brother Luck from Colorado Springs. All right, you ready? <laughs> Owner of Four by Brother Luck and Lucky Dumpling. I mean, he's, he's a very, very impressive man. And you're rocking with the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Yes, you are. Back to Studio Kitchen Colorado. It's kind of the second wave of folks that just come through here. And uh, we're doing empanadas. And then we're also talking rabbit. And here's a gal that came into our lives a couple of weeks ago. It was a Facebook message. And uh, Colorado Mills, when we were doing that experiment with the lamb, the lamb experiment, yep. and the young gal uh, who raised those two identical lambs, but with just with different feed, and they used those Colorado Mills sun, sunflower product pellets. Um, that's where this gal came, and she sent us a, an email. We had her on the show a couple of weeks ago, but briefly. But Jane Levine from Jefferson Farm Products is joining us right now on the Modern Eater Show, and I can't uh, – it's, it's such a great – great time right now springtime in Colorado meeting you how much fun welcome to the show thank you thank you so much rabbits rabbits lots and lots of rabbits what'd you bring I think you dropped off nine rabbits yesterday and it's like um, all right let's see what the chefs can do with it pretty cool to see what these uh, chefs are cooking up here today with rabbit it is I'm starving have you ever seen one of your rabbits chain on a on a spit like that? I have. <laughs> you have? Okay, good. <laughs> Spinning around on a rotisserie. Yeah. So when you contacted us, uh, basically just an introduction saying hello, and you know we love farms and farm tours, and you said, come on up to Jefferson Farms in Salida, Colorado, and we took you up on that offer this past week. We paid you a visit. We did. We have a great vacation rental there, so we were happy to put you up. Give you some quality time. We also have alpacas and pack of acunas there. So you were out in the barns. You took a lot of photos. And then we gave you a tour of our rabbit barn, our bunny barn. Bunny barn. Now, getting to know you and getting to know your farm and your practices and your family. um, Wow, where do we begin? Such a great story. Let's talk about the farm itself. How long have you had the farm? 
We actually have two farms. So we have a farm in Denver that we've been on for about 26 years that we began as a way to have a house for my parents and a house for us. So we were lucky enough to get that in Denver. We have five and a half acres and about 150 alpacas up there. So we expanded to a farm in Salida so we could have more animals, do our own hay production. And then we started a few hutches with rabbits because I grew up eating rabbit. My grandparents raised rabbit. So it was part of our diet all the time. So a chef noticed we were having some rabbits processed down in Westcliff. So he contacted us, wanted us to grow some rabbit for him. And we said, okay. And as the bunny business goes, it's kind of a 90 degree slope up as far as how quickly you can expand it. So we quickly built a bunny barn specific for the rabbits. So it's climate controlled, it's bright, it's well ventilated. And we can vary our production according to the needs. Well, in rabbits, they're easy to breed somewhat, aren't they? I mean, they like to breed. They like to breed. (laughs) You know the term. It's a a well-known fact. But literally, a rabbit will have a litter every 30 days. Wow. We stretch it out to a litter every other month, make it a little bit easier on the rabbits. They'll have about 6 to 12 babies per litter, and it's called kindling. Don't ask me why but they're called kits, or the babies, and having a litter is called kindling. So it takes the babies about four weeks to reach weaning. We move them into their own cages, and in about three months, they're ready to, we say, get their little one-way bus ticket. Yeah, get to, harvested. To Westcliff, uh-huh. Sure. Well, hey, and you said it's a You weren't able to go. I know. I'm, and I'm so and bummed next time I you'll be up there. there. Yep. But I got to tell you, these, this is like the Taj Mahal for rabbits. Is it? Clean facility. Uh, very well ran by um, Dito, who we Dito Benedito, who, our farm manager. And yeah. and it's like, I guess you said the expression of you can turn it on and off, just that quick, right? I mean, we the production you really can turn up. We can be responsive to the market needs, mm-hmm. and so we can maintain a good supply of rabbit. We can respond to a quick order within three months. We can ramp it up quite quickly, or if we want a vacation. We can slow down our breeding, have fewer rabbits on hand to take care of. So it fits our life. And what kind of space? I I mean, how? because you're very humane in the way that you raise your rabbits. But, like, are we going to this crazy place where people are like, I want a free-range rabbit? Is that even a thing? Is I mean, is someone like, I want my rabbit to... I can't imagine how you would do that. Wrangle them up. I know. They're not like, they don't really want to come back once you let them go. It's very stressful for a rabbit to be outdoors, Mm -hmm. out in an unprotected area. You know, the rabbit is the bottom of the prey ladder. They are the most common prey out there. So everything essentially is a predator of rabbits. So they get stressed easily. They can die quickly just from that stress. They have little heart attacks. So the quieter and calmer you keep it, they want to be sheltered. They don't want a lot of unnecessary things happening around them. So free range is not really an option. It's more about the quality of food. So we give them grass alfalfa hay. They get fresh hay every day. They get a nice pellet. We are going to switch to the sunflower seed pellets. Are you really? Yes, we are. We're doing a trial batch right now. We had two litters that are the exact same age. One group is getting the Colorado Mill Sunflower pellet. The other one is getting our standard rabbit pellet. Oh, that's cool. And we're tracking their growth, and we're going to do our flavor test, and it'll be uh, in just three months. Well, rabbits can be feisty. 
You don't re do you store a lot of them together? Because I and I, and I say this because I, I have three rabbits behind our house that are just wild. Mm -hmm. And but I see them and and it's funny. Last night I saw them and I was up at about midnight, and I saw them out eating, mm -hmm. grazing out behind the house. But during the day when I see them, they will get feisty with each other and jump and sort of kick each other. Well, I think that's called foreplay. <laughs> ah, interesting. Interesting. Okay, I didn't know. Just don't bother. Don't interrupt. Don't, don't interrupt. Okay. Hey, Dad, if the door is shut, don't knock. Okay? We're going to go slow. So uh, Jane Levine's here with us from Jefferson Farms Products. And uh, we made a trip up there. Jay, myself, and uh, a chef, uh, and my mom, and a chef gentleman. Uh, by the name of Aaron Landy. Landy. Aaron, Aaron Landy, Landy came up with us. We want to tell you about our stories and also, as far as it goes with protein, I, you know, you got your chicken. I'll do buffalo. I'll do I'll do pork. Getting less and less pork. Um, beef. You know, you go down the list, and then here's rabbit, right? I think it should be so readily available to everybody. The protein's great. We've got some facts we're going to share with you. And the flavor profile, I think that when you think of rabbit, there's some misconceptions that go on in yep. your head of, of rabbit. But we're cooking tonight so many different styles of rabbit. And I encourage you, if you have an opportunity to get rabbit in your lifestyle with your protein, um, it's very worthwhile. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're also going to have a chef, Chef Cheeto. He'll join us as well. He grew up on a farm in Iowa, and, and rabbits were what they, for, for their own supply yep. at home. And so what I want to do is when we get back with Jean, Jane, let's, let's talk about rabbit and do some comparisons. We've got a little fact sheet here that I think we can even show to the camera. Um, but it confirms everything that I love about rabbit. So we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do the In the Kitchen segment. Also, we're going to have... He'll check in real quick. His name's Dan Casey from Proud Souls Barbecues, and we have this Everdoor grill that, with this rotisserie um, that has the rabbit on here. We're going to check in with Proud Souls real quick because, you know, barbecuing season. It's is, right is here. Right and here. the Everdoor rep came tonight because he loves what the modern eater is doing with his grill every Saturday night right here in Studio Kitchen. Studio Kitchen Colorado will take a break. The Modern Eater Show will throw it over to Richie, and we'll be right back in a flash. From Studio Kitchen, Colorado, the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website themoderneater.com. Do you have the goods? If you're looking for a neighborhood restaurant that features gluten-free menu items, stop by The Goods. Whether you're a vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, or even a meat lover, they've got something for everyone. Do you love a great sandwich? How about wood oven roasted vegetables on multi-grain bread with rosemary, mayo, and olives? Vegan and certified gluten-free. Or for the meat lover, try one of their most popular menu items. The Paleo Bowl, with house-smoked pork, wood-oven-roasted veggies, two sunny-side-up eggs, and Indonesian sambal sauce. It's delicious. As a friendly neighborhood restaurant featuring dinner, brunch, and full bar with two happy hours daily, they truly care about you, the customer, and desire to provide an extraordinary dining experience for everyone. They're family and children-friendly, and even have a playroom for the little ones. The Goods, a friendly neighborhood restaurant offering a wide menu of gluten-free and vegan options. And they don't forget about meat lovers with a staff that really cares. On East Colfax, directly connected to the Tattered Cover Bookstore. Hungry? TheGoodsRestaurant.com. Hey, it's Peter Allman with South River Aquaponics. As a chef and aquaponics farmer, I get the importance of conserving our limited water supply. 
Did you know Colorado is suffering from the most severe drought since 2012? Water shortages are very real, especially to Colorado farmers. Now here's the good news. Aquaponic farming uses 90% less water than traditional farming, while producing four and a half times more food per square foot. Using traditional farming techniques, farmers would flood their fields with large quantities of water, leaving much of this water underutilized and just plain wasted. But because aquaponics is a recirculating system, the only water used is what the plants uptake and some very minor evaporation. South River Aquaponics has been running a 55,000-gallon system year-round for four years, and we use less than 500 gallons of water per day. Education is very important to us here at South River Aquaponics. I invite you to learn more about aquaponics at southriveraquaponics.com. South River Aquaponics, the future of farming. Hey Colorado, this is Brian Freeman, owner of Growers Organic and a host on the Modern Eater Talk Show. Growers Organic is a Colorado sourcing company who provides Colorado's greatest chefs with the best organic produce. I've been partnering with local and regional farms for the last 20 years, and our returning customers know they can count on us over and over again. Chefs who receive the highest rating on Good Food 100 choose Growers Organic for their organic produce needs because we're experts at bridging the gap between the farm and the table. Join us in the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at growersorganic.com. Okay, cool. We're going to do In the Kitchen here, and I think we have Dan Casey on hold from Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions, and Jane Levine, she's going to stick around with us for a couple more segments here from Jefferson Farms Products. And uh, we're using a great grill here to spin a rabbit on, Brian, and Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. They're the ones, the Colorado premier barbecue supply store. They're just right down the street. Proud Souls is a small business, which we love, locally owned and operator. The owners, Tony Roberts and Dan Casey, are award-winning competition cooks and purveyors of specialty barbecue supplies. Barbecue is their passion, man. No joke. These guys love what they do. Colorado's most extensive selection of grills and smokers, names such as the Big Green Egg, which we have here in the studio, Yoder Smokers, and Traeger. The retail store contains the most extensive selection of barbecue supplies and products in Colorado, all under one roof. Some hard to find, but all hard to beat. The folks at Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions know their stuff. With years of experience in the pits, Tony and Dan want to answer any questions that you might have. They're very accessible, and they also do cooking classes to improve your skills. Check their website with details. If you're in the market for a barbecue, it's that time of year. It's the reason for the season. And barbecues is what they're all about. If the best barbecues. The best barbecues. Um, you really want to check them out. If you're in the market for that barbecue, do yourself a favor. Go visit them in their specialty shop for all things barbecue, located right here in the heart of Denver. These guys are award winners. They're meat eaters. They're experts, expert smokers. And they're excited to share their knowledge with you. I, I'd say just go look them up online, ProudSoulsBarbecue.com. If you find yourself at one of those Home Depots or a Lowe's and you're looking at this impulse buy of a barbecue sitting out front, just forget it. Get a Don't hold do of it. The, don't, don't do, do it. it. Don't do it. Uh, do what I do. I go to 2485 North Federal in Denver here. 2485, they're neighbors of us, North Denver and Federal, helping create piss, pit masters one backyard at a time. It's Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. Feed me now! This is the Modern Eater Show. That's right, boy! I'm starving! And now it's time for In the Kitchen. How am I supposed to keep on feeding you? Kill people? Brought to you by 
proud souls, barbecue, and provisions. Award-winning competition cooks and purveyors of specialty barbecue supplies right here in Denver, Colorado. ProudSoulsBBQ.com. Feed me all night long. We can do it all night long, especially at Studio Kitchen Colorado as the Modern Eater Show continues. And we've got Jane with us from Jefferson Farms Products and Chef Cheeto Ariola joining us. He's from uh, Las Delicias. He's their uh, executive chef, and we love Cheeto. He's just back from the Miami Open. Also on the phone, I think we've got him. His, his name's Dan Casey. Dan, are you there? Yes, sir, Greg. Right here for you, buddy. Hey, man. Did you hear us just talk about Proud Souls? I did. I love the, uh, <laughs> I love the, the plug. Everything sounded fantastic. I appreciate that. What didn't we cover? Well, uh, you hit the nail on the head with kind of a summary of what we do, but, um, you know, a beautiful day like today. Had a, a great day at the shop. We had folks out uh, from all over the, the Denver area looking to pick up some, some sauces, some rubs, uh, brand new cookers, looking for ideas on how to how to smoke a uh, a nice whole pork, um, a brisket, or you know a nice slab of ribs. So, um, how about a rabbit? Yeah, are you watching this rabbit on this rotisserie? It's, I, I am. It's man. hypnotizing. Uh, it's, it's like <laughs> nothing else I've ever seen. So it's it's. Uh, Unbelievable. I'm sad I'm not there. Sad I can't join can you. Can we get some rabbit into you guys' hands and we can have some fun with it there at Proud Souls? Absolutely. We're, uh, we don't discriminate against any, you know, any type of beef. So you bring it by, yeah. we've got smokers to, uh, to throw it on. So not a problem. Hey, would I be afraid of buying a grill or a smoker from someone who didn't eat meat? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, yes. Yes, right? you would. <laughs> From a vegan. Yes. Would, a vegan? would a vegan yeah. know how to use a lots grill? Of, lots of vegetables, though. So. Dan Casey, I'll tell you what. I, I said it, and I mean it. I'm a backyard enthusiast. I love to barbecue. I think that most people do. It's just so cathartic to sit and grill, and, and uh, we've got great chefs that use uh, your products week after week, but I'd encourage you, if you're in the market for a barbecue grill, uh, Proud Souls Barbecue and ProudSoulsBarbecue.com. Check them out, right? That's absolutely right, Greg. We love to swing on by. We're open uh, seven days a week, 10 to 6, and then 10 to 2 on Sundays. So we've always got some uh, some smokers rolling in the parking lot. Um, today we fired up some uh, River Bear bratwurst for uh, folks as well as some other uh, fine fine cuts. So um, we've always got Thank you. Thank you, Dan. we got to jump. Top of the hour. We're going to come back. And uh, we wanted to get that in there, but Cheeto's going to come up next, and we're going to stick around with Jane into the next segment. So we're cooking here. I think that uh, everybody's getting hungry. Let's put some food out, have some fun. The party's coming up next. You are tuned into Studio Kitchen Colorado and listening to the Modern Eater Show. Hey, it's Greg and Jay. Hour number two is coming up next, Jay. Mark Whistler from The Goods on Colfax, the hardest working man in the restaurant business. Knock, knock. Who's there? Whiskey. Whiskey who? Whiskey me, man. We've got a great distillery and a couple of breweries. We'll tell their stories right here on K-How and streaming live on Facebook. Oh, is that our open? Okay. (laughs) You're watching people eat. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. Um, It's live radio, no man, it's master, but we will continue from Studio Kitchen Colorado. The Modern Eater Show. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman, Little Rich Snyder. Our friend Chef Cheeto Ariola is back into town. Hello, Cheeto. Hello, guys. Welcome back from Miami. Uh, they were going to work you crazy, man. Oh, it was crazy. Crazy hours. Just nuts. You so you didn't have any time for tennis? No, uh, a couple <laughs> because I was play- I was actually with the tennis players feeding them. So 
it was it was better than most of the spectators there. Have you met nice. Miss Jane Levine? I just met her 30 minutes ago, an hour ago. So yeah, it's Jefferson, pleasure to meet you. Jefferson Farms yep. products and great, um, great rabbits. I'll tell you what. Listen, um, we talked about these rabbits, Cheeto, and you're no stranger to farming. Nope. And did you see any of our footage from Jefferson Farms? Yes, I was watching you guys the whole time, and I was just so jealous. <laughs> well, don't be jealous, because we're going to take you down there, Chito. Let's go. I want to stay at the cabin by the river. Okay. He said, do you have fishing gear? I said, I do. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, that's really what it's all about. But we're going to do a little reset here. So, Jane, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Uh, Jefferson Farms, Salida, Colorado. You do have another farm up here in Lakewood, Colorado. Uh, but farming and rabbits is relatively new to you. How, how new? Well, as far as production of rabbits is relatively new, I'd say probably a year. A year. You know, we always had our own rabbits that we raised and processed and had for dinner. So we've done that my whole life. That's my grandparents like you, raised and yeah. ate rabbit. So it's been a long tradition. Mm -hmm. And it turned into this business when a chef saw some of our rabbits being processed at Westcliff Meats. Why isn't rabbit mainstream? People tend to say, oh, a bunny. You eat <laughs> a bunny. And I think, well, I think cows have a heart yeah. and a soul, too, and a personality. Every animal that we eat But does. do you have to eat an ugly animal? Because no. I look at a pig and I go... <laughs> You know, after, oh, pigs are so cute. What are you uh, talking man, about, uh, man? Jay, you remember that moment down there at that pig farm? In, was it in Paonia? Is that where that When Jay got bit? Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got bit by a pig. Now, uh, listen. I, and I don't think that was the first time, folks. So. No, no, no. And, 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 and getting bit by a pig's not the worst thing in the world, you know. But if, if you were to take it the wrong way, like you're a little upset you got bit by a pig, when you get bit by a pig at a, a place that you know where they eventually go, you can take a little bit of satisfaction in that. Where, listen, you bit me, mm -hmm. it's all you right. just wait, sir. Yeah. You're going to get yours. Thank you, Mr. BLT. We'll see, we'll see how that bite tastes tomorrow. So calories per pound. Let's look at this. this is, we'll, we'll do a little quiz here. How many calories per pound do you think pork has? Anybody? I know. Calories per pound? Don't look. Oh, see, Brian. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, 6,200. Uh, 6,200 oh, no, no. for a pound? 2,000. 2,000 per yeah. pound. Um, beef is 1,400. Chicken, which is really top of what people say, the you know, lean, better for you, 810 calories. Coming and where in, do you think rabbits? Where coming in at rabbits? 795 calories per pound. Um, 21% protein. Protein, yeah. Look at that protein. protein. You know what I'd love to ask, Jane, though, because I bet you also, if you think about what it, how many calories it takes to raise, one of the chefs that I once spoke to talked about how many calories does it take to actually raise the animals because we don't think about that. And I would say rabbits are probably one of the lowest. They're one of the most efficient animals to add body weight, and they've done studies. So... Within our time, when we bring them up to the age of being a fryer, they call it, that's mm -hmm. about three, three and a half months old, they're only consuming about six ounces of feed a day. That's next to nothing. Wow. So like it takes food. very little resources to raise them. Mm -hmm. And we do give them the hay as a supplement, so they always have free choice hay. But economically, where like a cow will take, um, what does it say, one pound, to raise one pound of beef, is the equivalent of raising six pounds of rabbit. So the environmental needs are quite different. 
from each one. And that's not even taking into account. That's feed only. That's not taking into account the energy resources. That's, yeah, that the caloric takes. resources. Well, the just the upkeep and maintenance, the damage to the landscape. You know, for intensive grazing methods that cattle have these days, you know, the mob grazing, the need to rotate that pasture constantly, mm -hmm. you know, the importance of grass-fed beef. And then we're not even going to touch feedlot beef and the energy requirements of that and what that does to their digestion, the introduction of other bacteria into an otherwise healthy meat. When you can raise them in just such a small space, right. I don't think lots of people understand that, that it doesn't... You don't need to have more than, what, an acre to really have a good rabbit farm? You need your backyard. Yeah. Yes. You only need I your mean, backyard. And people have backyard chickens for eggs. They could easily add a rabbit yeah. hutch. And this isn't a massive operation no. by any means. No, it's uh, a 30-foot square barn mm -hmm. that the Amish put up for us. So. Yeah, that is so neat. i got to take you down there, Chito. Let's you, go. You, you have to see this. Let's and go. I said to Jane, you know, Jane and, and I... She, she says, I like what you guys do here, you know. It was probably the first time in my life I've ever tried to talk somebody out of a sponsorship. <laughs> and I, I said to Jane, I said, you're going to do just fine, Jane. Um, just feature this product. We're happy to have you on the show. But it's going to do well. And I think that if there's an innovative uh, environment for the culinary industry, it's Denver, Colorado. The quality of the meat, uh, what was it, uh, before I, the show started, yeah. when I... When you were showing me the packages with the liver and the hearts, I'm like, look at the quality of the, the meat. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, how the, the liver, how even the color was and how fresh it looked and everything. It was just... No well, you pack. just made liver and onions, and I was like, yeah. I, I, that was so tasty. And, you know, what kid would eat that? Yeah. What mean, did you make with rabbit tonight? Uh, today we made the tomahawk. Where is that thing? It's somewhere. Did it get devoured? It's somewhere. Uh, oh, it's Cheeto, you did so much more than that. And Come then we on fried now. the uh, the kidneys, the uh, hearts, fried them up with a little braised uh, rice wine vinegar and uh, jalape roasted jalapenos. Yeah, what am I doing right now? I got the smoker. That's the smoked rabbit that on, I got going on. On the green egg, yeah. And then on the green egg. And then uh, the... You did the deep, yeah, but you did the deep fry too. That was you, wasn't it? No, yeah, that was, was that the you? The little hearts. And then Mark did. Mark's the deep doing fry the another deep oh, fry. another deep fry. I thought you had done that one. I saw I you know, over I there. This one. Oh, is this? So these That's were deep what, fried. The these hearts that I just hearts ate. Yeah. Hearts, kidney, and liver. Uh, and uh, what else? Heart, yeah. Well, and yeah, Jane, I'm going to introduce you to a good friend of mine as well. And Greg's in the show. She used to be a sponsor, Linda Hampstead Fox. She grew she up rabbit. eating rabbit and pigeon as a child because she came from a poor Polish immigrant family. And um, and she has that. That's one of her tributes to her family on her menu every day. She'll have a rabbit some way. And it's your rabbit's going to be on Jane, uh, on her menu very soon. It's here. the rabbit rare bit. You know the rabbit rare bit, yeah. my sixth or seventh birthday, my dad <clears throat> grew out. You know, he used to throw big parties for my birthday because I was a, the first kid and everything. That's the only thing we had on the menu, rabbit, rabbit. grilled rabbits. We butchered 50-some rabbits wow. that day, a day before, and just grilled them, you know, smoked them, grilled them, yeah. and that's so all. So, Cheeto, do you know how rabbits. to skin them and clean them of course. yourself? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, is I, it I easy? Up, I mean, is it easy compared easy. to most animals or super what? It's easy. You just pull the skin down, you know, head down, and just... 
pull the skin and it just comes down. That's why it's such easy. a clean meat. Yeah. Because they you dress don't get out any so hair, easily. Yeah, you don't get any hair in the meat. And it's so I got simple. a question for you because I grew up in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And there's a time of the year when you can't eat a rabbit. Those in are Arizona. wild rabbits. Those are wild rabbits. So, Jane, can you explain that to us? Wild rabbits can carry I don't, tularemia. Mm -hmm. And there's also another disease yeah, that they carry. But yeah. wild rabbits are relatively dirty little animals, yeah. I have to admit. I, I don't like even it. like it when my dog catches one. Oh, we, really? We tend okay. to throw it away rather than let the dog have it. And we have probably 100 wild rabbits around our farm in Denver because my animals keep the coyotes off my property. Mm -hmm. yep. So it's like a little rabbit haven. Right well, so there. what is that time of year? And I, I always thought it was something, I mean, you'd get really sick if you ate a rabbit yeah. in the wrong time of year. But I, I'm really going to promote people eating rabbits more and more and more. It should be domestic. Yeah. Uh, uh, domestic so domestic yeah. rabbits, you don't have the problem at all? None. So okay. I think, None whatsoever. I think part of this bridging the gap is what we're doing here tonight at Studio Kitchen Colorado to where we have all of these different creative minds in the chefs. They get the same product. They're cooking it in various way different ways. Way different ways. Yeah. The flavor profile holds up. I mean, it truly yeah, does. It's so neutral. I mean, you can add anything. It'll pop up. The, the rabbit and the whatever ingredient you're using mm -hmm. to infuse the, the flavor. Yeah. So I have a feeling over the coming weeks and months, um, we're going to venture down the, the rabbit road as I will go down the rabbit hole yeah. with you, Jane. And uh, we're going to have some chefs and we're going to develop some cool, fun things with Jefferson Farms. Um, maybe even a couple of retreats for yeah. wellness. You're big on wellness, aren't you? We are. We really want to focus on stress management for people. So it was quite a struggle to get you guys to relax, to take a nap, to not do internet for a little bit. So I've never seen someone happy that I took a nap. No, we I, well, that's he what, took a three-hour like, nap. He thought yeah. it was 20 minutes, it was, but it was 20 a three-hour nap. Well, that's a welcome to the day in the life right here. <laughs> 20 minutes. And there's I, more to life than that. I appreciate that. So this relationship is just building. It's a good, strong one to begin with, and I really want to encourage you, as you see, that we will give you more information how you can get your hands on these rabbits and eat them. They're delicious. And, uh, Jane, you're a class act. Thank you. That's and we want a little chef's retreat for more people. Done. Let me up. Let's go fishing. Cheeto, when we need a day to process and clean, Cheeto's with yeah. us. He'll no, teach we'll me. We'll do that for oh. you. We'll have that taken care of for you. They had yeah. rabbit that literally had been processed that morning. Yeah. So oh, we can do that fast of a turnaround. I'm feeling fun. Want. Like, let's just have a little party. You guys stick around. We're going to keep you on the next segment. We'll introduce Mark into the mix here. Get another chef on board and another great Colorado restaurant here. Um, but, again, it's bunny rabbit time, and, uh, and we're having so much fun with it in Studio Kitchen, Colorado. It's worth your while to check this out on Facebook if you can. All right, we'll take a quick turnaround. We'll be right back from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. You are listening to The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website themoderneater.com If you've got a business and need a website or need a graphic designer, F. Johnson Design does it all. Take the headache out of trying to build your own website or design graphics. Who has time for that? F. Johnson Design will get you up and running with a professional and great looking website. Design sharp graphics to your specifications and have your site up faster than you think. Logo, package design, SEO coding, and more. F. Johnson Design did the Modern Eater's website. Go to themoderneater.com to check out some of their work. Reach out to F. Johnson Design at fjohnsondesign.com. 
Hey, it's Chef Elon Wenzel, owner of Element Knife Company. If you cook, then you'll know the importance of a quality knife and proper care. My training in Japan exposed me to exceptional cutlery. That's why I am so excited to offer you the knives I fell in love with. Element Knife Company is chef-driven, and my goal is to support and educate. Get at me for a knife clinic or conversation. Find me at elementknife.com or by simply calling 303-460-4628. For the best knives in your kitchen, think Element Knife Company. Okay, back to the Modern Eater Show momentarily. Got to tell you about Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Again, you hear about them all the time because it's true. And we're hoping if this applies to you, you'll get a hold of Jeff Rourke. Family-owned and operated business, 20 years. Specialty tap installations, beer, wine, water, and coffee at a nitro line. Um, he, can, he can build off of what you already have. He can do a custom, custom install. But truly, foam is money. Pouring in a fish and beer, what are you doing, boys? You're, You're pouring, pouring your, your money, money down, down the drain. drain. Do not pour your money down the drain. It's an easy phone call away. 720-272-3809. 720-272-3809. It's Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. The Modern Eater Show at Troy Guard Tag Restaurant Group. I'll see you guys soon. My name is Jennifer Jasinski, and I'm listening to The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Yes, you are. Welcome back to the show, live on Facebook as well. Go ahead and give us a look at there. We're doing rabbit like 10 ways. 10 ways tonight. Oh, my gosh. And each one of these chefs, so we have such talent in this place. I mean, Cheeto, you are a master of so many, so many cuisines. Brandon Becker, Mark Whistler. From the goods, Brandon from Cirque. What an incredible! Oh wait, let me not forget Chef Lorena, and her last name, Greg. And Toravici. Thank you. No problem. I had to work on that. The <laughs> uh, joint rejoining us is Chef Chito and uh, Jane from Jefferson Farms, and we're gonna do so many things with Jane, going down to that farm with some retreats, cooking there, um, just truly. Uh, one of these farms that when we connect with a good farm, we love it, Brian. I mean, when we go on road trip 2019 here. Coming up here in June. This is going to be one of our stops. So I think we're going to have to adjust our our uh, map a little bit and, and head into Salida and then slide down into uh, Sawatch from there. We can think? we can do something. I, think. I mean, I, I to be honest, I almost think we should just spend a week at James. But, you know, listen, hey, if I can go down and unplug... That's Hello, a, that's, that's called life, right? That, that's a different road trip. Joining us right now, his name's Mark Whistler. I say he's the uh, hardest working man in this business. Uh, small business owner, the Goods Restaurant on Colfax, across the street from uh, East High School and attached to the Tattered Cover Building. Rockstar haircut. I, rock I mean, look haircut. at this guy tonight here. He's doing great. Mr. Well, Fashion. Welcome back, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on. You Ra- guys are awesome. Rabbit tonight? A little bit of rabbit. Yeah, this is amazing. A lot bit of rabbit. What did you make? Uh, so we have two things. One, we have a uh, rabbit on the rotisserie back there, which is stuffed with uh, a little bit of pesto. It has some uh, red peppers, uh, green peppers, and has a actually a little bit of a Cajun rub on the outside. And then it's bacon wrapped. So. It's and be, be careful to look at it because it will hypnotize you. I, yeah, it man. will suck you in. I, you just did it. It I just did. happened to you. It's trust me. This thing is this Evadur rotisserie grill that we have in here just rocks the house and we can put anything on it we've seen chicken we've seen pork we've seen fish we're seeing rabbit tonight and probably forever um you know where do you go with the everdur you can go anywhere with it apparently and mark what else did you cook for us so uh this evening we have uh this is the final product right here 
Uh, it's actually a deep-fried rabbit uh, on top of a cremini mushroom, and I'll explain everything that's going Shut on with that in just a door. second. That and is... Yep, and then we have actually uh, Indonesian sambal sauce on the bottom. We have a um, gorgonzola blue cheese sauce that just kind of layers the top a little bit with just some microgreens. So I just had one, but, Mark, and you knocked that thing right Thanks, out of the park, opening day. Thank you, Mark Whistler. Thank you, yeah. Jane, yeah. did you try that? No, not yet. <laughs> Can I get you I to take a bite on the air? <laughs> Do, Do you need a fork? I know. Do I would it. like a fork. Okay, we'll get you a fork. This is kind of a big serving here. So this is the the loin that, or. Yeah, so, so, so this is the rabbit. What I really did is um, it's a combination of the of the bulk of the meat, so I really broke the entire, this entire rabbit down. So you have a little bit of a combination of, ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, obviously, of leg meat. You have a little bit of backstrap in here. You have just a little bit of rib meat as well. So you just get that entire full flavor. How is it? Mm. <laughs> Delicious. Mark, is something, has rabbit ever made an appearance on your menu at the goods? It has not, but I think it might from now on. This is amazing. Really? Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed this. And seeing the other guys, the other chefs really cook. The, what they've come up with is spectacular. That's I really, I mean, this is an incredible night to take one product and see how, how far everybody can push it. This is spectacular. Really. I, you're I, right. Yeah, chef, you're, you've done an amazing job. You're it's right incredible. about this. One product. Yep. Let's see what three different minds can do for you. Well, I'm excited. I want to get with Jane because I want to start bringing her rabbit through Growers Organic because what she's doing is aligns right with everything that Growers Organic is all about. You better stand in line. She's a hot commodity right now. I know. (laughs) Mentally, I'm adding three more barns. (laughs) That's right. Mark, I asked the same question. I'll ask it to you. Why hasn't rabbit hit mainstream? You know, I think, uh, honestly, I, I think with um, sometimes, uh, and I don't want to say alternative Look at meats, these but nutrition I, I, facts, I, yeah, right there, I, which you sh- I'm sure you know. Yeah, I think I think sometimes it meets, um, and this is for the um, American Culinary Federation. We, we just did elk. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem is, is that the elk itself was, I think, like $24 a pound. And I think for the most part, the, the huge uh, barrier to entry here is just education that perhaps some of these alternative meats are not as expensive as we think. Because as a restaurateur and as a chef, and every chef knows, every single dollar counts. And, you know, obviously, if you have a higher-end menu, that's great. But if you're if you're in that kind of middle upper end, you really have to be pretty price sensitive. And I, and I think that that's the one main thing. But the, the other thing, too, is supply. And we, we worry, okay, so if I'm going to go through a rabbit purveyor, how, how long has that rabbit purveyor been around? Um, you know, what, what is the distribution like? How does that work seasonally? Are they, yeah, yep. And yeah. I, I think that um, what, I've, what I've learned so far tonight, and um, I think that this is an amazing source, and I, I think that we will definitely start putting rabbit on our menu. Well, let's address the price. And, and Jane, uh, you know, we look at price all the time through various products. and. But rabbit's one of those that there's not much that you can't use. No, you use the entire rabbit, and it has a much better meat-to-bone ratio. So there's not a lot of waste off that rabbit. And right now, when we're only processing you know, 40 rabbits every other week, our cost per rabbit processing is high. Yeah. So as we up our production, we'll be able to minimize our processing expenses yeah. and make the rabbit quite a bit more affordable for restaurants. Yeah. Because our I, feed cost is minimal. I mean, it, it's exciting. I It's been a while since I've had rabbit, and I think the in the directions that it was pushed tonight, everything that I've tried, it's 
just has blown my mind about how incredible it truly is. And by the way, I'm boiling down the, the carcass over there. I just kind of want to see what, what, what comes from it. And so it's just a little experiment. We'll we, see. We had a great but broth the yeah. last two days at the farm. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think that it's something that you can use every bit of. And, and it, you know, I mean, I, I think uh, obviously bone broth is a really big deal. What about rabbit broth? How about flavor? What do you think? Uh, it's amazing. It's really incredible. And I um, I hear people, you know, I've heard people in the past say that it tastes like chicken. And I do think that it has a lighter, um, it has a lighter uh, texture similar to chicken, but it doesn't taste like chicken. It I just, didn't think so a little at all, bit, yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit more robust. I think it's a little bit more savory. It really... Um, it, it's really, I think, a more fantastic meat. Well, you fried it, and you also are rotisserieing it. Yeah, I mean, right, And yeah. boiling it, as we just heard. But yeah. all the ways that I've tasted it so far, I, you just knocked it out of the park, Mark. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate well, it. Well, like everything else he does. Yeah, I mean, whatever. that's kind of what Mark does. Um, well, if you're going to do it, you do it well, right? I mean, why bother doing it we, at all? We, we try, that's for sure. Do you like, uh, do you like wellness, Mark? Um, sure, I like I like wellness. Like you like, Mar- see now, Jane, she's probably one of the first people that ever encourages. Uh, listen, you need to slow down a little bit. You need to take a little break. Jane, if you can get into this guy's ear, <laughs> I mean, I've never seen someone work so many days, so many hours at his restaurant nonstop. How do you convince a guy like that to just take a day? All we have to do is get him down to Salida. So you throw him in the trunk of the car two hours later, he's going to relax, I promise. As, as long as there's a couple bottles of wine in there, I'm good. There yeah, go. we'll, we'll get you beverages during the drive. Don't Martin, worry. Could you go without your cell phone for a day or two? Man. Uh, you need it. Yeah. I, I hear I just, the little stress when he asks that question. Yeah, it's tough I as mean, a chef and a business owner. Yeah. All that you do, you have so much going on. There's, there's just so many little things that pop up. I... Um, we, we have some really amazing people at the restaurant now, and I think uh, I think I could. I think it would be a really good idea to do that just to, I guess, give them um, and empower them so they understand that they can run the restaurant by themselves. But I think as a business owner, and Brian, I know you know because you've told me one or two uh, really, really tough stories of things that have happened to you in the past, you know, just that you never expect, and you leave, and you turn on the TV, and you see... Your building burning down. (laughs) I just... um, I mean, you know, there's always that chance, and I I think the most important thing is that we... Eventually, we have to get to a place where we trust our team. So, yes, to answer your question, whether I'm there right now, but uh, I definitely am trying hard to work to that place. And that's Mark Whistler from The Goods Restaurant on Colfax and Elizabeth. Yep. Right right downtown. It's 7.30 p.m. right here on 6.30 K. How iHeart Radio Station as we uh, are catching up and talking rabbit today because we have great chefs cooking with this wonderful product from Jefferson Farms. And uh, Cheeto, this is kind of your jam, man. You grew up on a farm. Eating uh, rabbit. Eating rabbit. This is nothing new to you. But what do you say to the person who's like, I've never had rabbit, and I, you know, I don't. I eat. just won't tell them. Give it to them, and they think it's chicken. Do they? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I had a bunch Better of ants do that. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then you lay it on mm-hmm. to the, the, who was it? Was it you who told me a story that you didn't, you thought you were eating chicken your whole youth? Somebody told me this story, and it was rabbit um, the whole time. Who I knew it was rabbit because I had to kill him. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great story, though, because I used to feed my kids yak. 
and they all told them it was beef all the time. And they just, and I said, you know, and they didn't realize they were eating something better for them. But we just, we get these stigmas around certain proteins that we don't, you know, we're afraid. We don't think it's like nice or whatever. Get, throw that out the window. Listen, Mark, take one minute. Talk about the goods. What's going on there? I know that patio is about to start popping. Yeah, we're super excited. We're, we're trying to get it open right now. We, we spent a lot of time over the last week or two trying to figure out the exact beautiful design of it that will come together in the next week or two. So we just really want to have a, a really very uh, comfortable and relaxing, just uh, a space that has a ton of uh, just uh, easy ambiance and a place where our entire neighborhood and destination visitors too can come relax. But we, we also have a new menu coming out, which I'm super excited about, an entirely new uh, menu design in and of itself that really we're trying to clarify our brand a little bit more. And, um, yeah, we, we just have a ton of really, really good stuff going on. A lot of community events, too, which is really cool. You still got the kids' room over there, right? Still got the kids' room, yeah. Yeah. And the pinball machine. And the pinball machine. <laughs> yes. That, uh, that works occasionally. That's right. <laughs> uh, Mark, thank you as always. Thank you my so much. Anything yeah. happening in Las Delicias we should know about? Patio's opening. The rooftop's opening. So we're 100% going probably starting Tuesday. Lock Would there be, ever be a rabbit Mexican food? We might have to. We might have to work some rabbit mole. Well, we we said you've got the the black magic rabbit taco. Yeah, he said you shouldn't put that on the camera. I'm like, it's the black magic taco. Oh, you you faked oh. you, you faked me out there. Oh, and, and thanks make, to uh, make a, a, bar, a barabbit. Yeah, a barabbit. Yeah. A barabbit. <laughs> oh, and thanks to uh, Spicy Dan from Savory Spice Shop yes. who uh, supplied us with all of our spices here this evening. Okay, gents, let's eat. I mean, let's get the food out, and I think everybody else is starting to enjoy the food. We've got a half an hour stretch left, and Brandon Becker, Chef Brandon, he got some accolades from Westward. He um, did. Best Chef's food food truck. truck. Best Chef's food truck. truck. Or food truck for chefs, maybe, is what it was. Best best food truck for chefs. Great job. He's a really cool chef. Uh, It looks like uh, Lorena from Marie Empanadas is over there with Rich. So we'll take a break here on our iHeart station. Continue live on Facebook. And uh, we'll continue next with Brandon Becker from Cirque Kitchen right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeart Radio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website. TheModernEater.com. Hey, chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas. Rockalitas, known for hyper local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips, served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. If you too want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper local. Colorado grown, cold pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry, or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Growers Organic, and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills. Hey everyone, it's Colleen Ferreira with the Colorado Chefs Association. Are you ready to put your passion to work? Well, we train the future chefs of Colorado, and we want you to join us. The Colorado Chefs Association is recruiting for our fall semester right now. Join our American Culinary Federation accredited cooking program. Work in a professional kitchen and get paid all while earning your sous chef certification email me at colleen at acfcoloradochefs.org i'd love to hear from you join our excitement and explore a new future okay we'll be back with brandon becker here in just a minute chef standing by but right now it's i'm not even gonna read this copy because i gotta tell you i love barbecuing i love grills 
I love everything that it stands for. It's just so much community and family and being out back in the backyard. If you're a backyard griller, right, and you're going out there and you're going, well, I, I'm, I got to dust off what's in my backyard, see what I'm working with this year. And a lot of times you extend that life on whatever piece of junk you have in your backyard where it's time to say, okay, I need to start looking at real uh, ways to, to get what I need, the capabilities-wise. And you don't know where to begin. First instinct is to go and, and don't walk through to, into King Supers and see those grills on the side there and don't go to Home Depot and, uh, and low. Go to these guys. It's Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. It's uh, Colorado's premier barbecue supply store. It truly is. It's on uh, 2485 North Federal uh, Boulevard, just right here in the, in the heart of Denver. Uh, they're helping create pitmasters pit one backyard at a time. And Tony Roberts and Dan Casey, they're award-winning competition cooks and purveyors of specialty barbecue supplies. Barbecue is their passion, and it shows. No joke, these guys love what they do. Check them out online at Pr- Proud Souls Barbecue. Let me do it again, words of my life. Proud Souls Barbecue, BBQ.com. ProudSoulsBBQ.com. Check them out today and uh, trust all your barbecue needs with these dudes because I know we do. Hi, everybody. This is Chef Carrie Baird from Bardo here in Denver. <laughs> Ooh, okay. That sounds good. <laughs> and you are listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. Yes, indeedy, Mr. Tweety. Why not? The Modern Eater show continues. Little Rich is over there in the, in the Little Rich corner. Uh, eating an empanada from Marie Empanadas. It looks the like pure it's joy on his face. It pure joy on his face. Well, I love the love that she gave him. Did you see that break, folks? If you missed the break, you gotta check into Facebook because the love that Chef Lorena gave to Rich during that little interview there—that was pretty cool. That was awesome. Chef Brandon Becker, first of all, congratulations, Sir Kitchen is doing well. Yeah, thank you very much. Westward, what was it? The chef's uh, best? Uh, best food truck for chefs. Um, for what does our... that mean? Well, um, we tend to stick away from traditional basic food truck fare. Um, we Which do is what? Burgers and barbecue and... Burgers, barbecue, tacos, tacos yeah. pizza. Um, I wanted to do what I know best, which is fine dining. So I made a mobile fine dining food truck. Now, that just on itself, and you're turning everything on its ear, you know, you're changing the whole landscape of everything, but just in itself that you kind of go, hmm, that's kind of an oxymoron. Why do you think people think, you know, food truck, you can't have fine dining? Um, well, I think most of it started, I mean, when food trucks first started, it was basic street food that you could get super cheap, super easy, um, and super affordable, made with lower-end cuts of meat and things like that. Um, and I wanted to kind of change how that's viewed. Not all food trucks, you know, use the lower-end products, but for the most part, food trucks are still viewed as the roach coaches. Yeah. Um, but when I started this concept and what I wanted to do is bring my fine dining knowledge into mobile dining and do it at a reasonable rate. Mm-hmm. So we source everything as local as possible. We go through gro- Growers Organic, uh, Fresh Guys, um, we source sustainably through Northeast Seafoods. Um, we use Nyman Ranch Farms for all of our pork belly, our beef, and stuff like that. Um, and we do. We do food that is locally sourced, sustainable, and invokes expression. 
Well, he's, they've elevated the food truck game. Uh, they truly have. I mean, they, yeah. And congratulations, Brandon. If Thank you, you very if much. If you see Sir Kitchen parked somewhere, uh, do yourself a favor and make sure you get some of their uh, delicious, delectable treats that Brandon. And it, and it's a rotating menu, too, right? Yeah, we change our menu every six weeks to a different country or region in the world um, to invoke you know, the culture and the common expression. Is it a monthly food. thing? Every six weeks. Every six weeks. What's this six weeks? What do you do? Um, currently, we are doing a Moroccan heritage. So the spice from, um, gosh, now I have a brain fart. Um, so Morocco, Africa, the Mediterranean. Um, Morocco is kind of the spice of the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's typically a lot of tagines. We do a lamb tagine with uh, not lamb leg, but we use lamb cheek. Do it. Um, and it's super tender and super good. That's fantastic. Um, you know, we do bocadillos, which are Moroccan sandwiches. Um, Maquili, um, that is a seafood tagine with clams, oysters, um, a chermoula pesto sauce, Israeli couscous. Um, we do a sinvenji, which is a Moroccan street donut. Um, and we kind of elevated that with chocolate nash, candied, Oranges, um, a By vanilla. changing the menu every six weeks, it's almost like building a new food truck every six weeks, man. That's t- that's yeah. difficult. It, it is, but, I mean, I've been doing fine dining where, you know, we change our menu daily. We change yeah. our menu every week. This um, is what you've trained for. Yeah, and, Brandon, is... can I ask about that? Because you're saying you change it every six weeks, but do you change the style or every item every on the menu? Every item. Every item. Okay. So you, you you stick with all the same items for six weeks, but it's one theme. Yeah. So Excellent. this theme okay. is Morocco. Our next menu, which will be launching April 15th, is an American spring. And uh, what we're doing in the American spring is we are focusing on products that um, are forged in the springtime. So that would oh, be... Oh, that's awesome. Like ramps, fiddle, ramps, fiddleheads. Morels, fiddlehead ferns, green garlics, scapes. Nice. Um, all the products that are grown in the wild in the United States. Um, and that's going to be our main focus on the trip. What did you think currently. of this rabbit? The rabbit was amazing. Um, I love working with it and cooking with it. I did a three different variations. Um, braised rabbit saddle. I made rabbit bacon out of the belly, which is right here, um, and then I did a confit rabbit leg. You are such a talented chef, Brandon. Thank you. And your uh, partner in crime, she's not here with us tonight, but um, Sam New, Chef Sam New from Eclat Culinary. She's Eclat. 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 There's no clot on there. I know, there. I know. No Sorry, Sam, if she's up Eclat. and watching. But you guys have an event coming up here. Uh, yes, April 19th, actually. Um, the wine dinner. It is. It is a 10-course wine dinner um, invoking spring and the expressions of spring. Uh, Samantha and I have collaborated on the whole thing from the conception of the menu to the venue um, to the pairings with the wine. It's a full-on, complete collaboration. So it's at a Colorado winery, Kingman Wines. Yep, it's at Kingman Winery. that's right off of like Broad or uh, Washington and 64 yeah. somewhere. 64th and Washington. Nice. Um, How many courses? It's 10 courses. Wow. Yeah. So what we want to do is first change. of all, you're in for a treat. 10 courses with Brandon and Sam, putting it out there with pairings of wine, each and every course. 
Uh, this has got to be a $200 dinner. Wait, could we is have it, three dessert courses, though? Is that Would that be um, something you'd do? Is it two courses? There are three dessert courses. Oh, we have arrived. Look at that. Look I was, at that. I was being facetious at saying a $200 price point, but um, that's what I would I think pay. it's close to half of that. What, what is it? Um, it's $115 um, plus gratuity and tax, so it comes up to like 138 It's a steal. It's an experience. And it's a culinary journey. And 10% folks. of all of the sales for this winery are going to go and support no Kid Hungry campaign, Cooking Matters, Colorado. Yes. And what that does is it helps support low-income families, teaching them how to cook and how to grocery shop and how to, you know, use what little money they have to cook good meals for themselves and their children. And that's something that both Samantha and I firmly believe in. Um, so it's, that's a huge, awesome. it's, it's a huge you. cause. It's really great. And the cool thing with these 10 courses is it's not going to be your traditional style of eating. Um, it's not going to be fine dining where there's plates and multiple glassware and multiple forks. Um, we change it up. We'd be, we're going to be doing more interesting things, um, you know, plating on the table. Uh, eating in the dark. Eating using the dark. your toes as hands. Well, I got to believe this is probably sold out. Can anyone still get tickets? Where would um, you get them? Uh, you can go on our Facebook page, um, go to events, and there are tickets still available there. And, and which Facebook page is this? Yours? Um, Cirque Kitchen, a Cirque Culinary, Kitchen. or Kingman Winery. Okay. Um, you can go to kingmanwinery.com and order your tickets directly through them as well. If we can hustle you up some rabbit, would you be game? Yeah, we actually have a rabbit course. So. Oh, you do? Yeah, well, what a kawinky thing. What, what do you know? I think we can help you out with that, Brandon. Awesome. Let's we love these it. guys. And uh, please, uh, support our local community. And these are chefs that uh, are truly cutting the road for others. And they're so helpful. Uh, you just really love the culinary community and friends and family and yes. everybody involved. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, guys. As always, the delicious food that you made here tonight. Oh, he's still the king of the kitchen, man. We got to taste his food. Did you know that? Yes, he he won the last chef competition that we had here in the studio kitchen. We're going to fire that back up in the spring, but you got to take on this this gentleman right here, Chef Brandon Becker from Sir Kitchen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. There he well, is. And should we call all chefs? If you're a chef Calling and you think chefs, you can take yeah, on Brandon. Take down Brandon, man. Come on. That's a, that's you a, better bring your A game. You better bring your A Brandon, game. Because Brandon, even though his name starts with B, he always brings his A game. How about delicious beer in the final segment? Chaluna Brewing Company and uh, Javi Perez is here with us right now. <laughs> Brewer by day. Where's ER, the Gumby? ER doctor by night. Where's it's the Gumby Javi. outfit? This is really cool. I get the leftover food. Awesome. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> the only guest I know before the break. Before I even love have, it. He, he makes an appearance because now that's the guy that you get to listen yeah. to when I we come to, back. <laughs> I used to be afraid of sounding stupid on the radio, but you told me nobody could see me. Now they, can, okay. so now they can see now me. Can see. <laughs> All right, you're, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're going to be talking about birthdays and babies. Uh, or, or beer. <laughs> or beer. <laughs> or babies. Chilino Brewing Company coming up next right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Oh, yeah. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search the Modern Eater or check out the website 
themoderneater.com. Get ready to change the way you look at food. This is Peter Allman, the founder of South River Aquaponics and Alpenglow Mushrooms. As a Le Cordon Bleu Train chef, I know the importance of quality ingredients. That's why in 2013, I left the fine dining industry to start a sustainable organic farm. At South River Aquaponics Alpenglow, we are the leader in sustainable growing practices, utilizing our natural resources as effectively as possible. No pesticides, no GMOs, no funny business, just clean, honest food production. We use old world techniques combined with modern technology to bring you the best possible produce. Our gourmet mushroom facility provides CO2 for our greenhouse that grows tilapia as well as lettuces and herbs in our aquaponics system. Look for us in natural grocers, city market, and served on the plates of Colorado's finest chefs. At South River Aquaponics Alpenglow Mushrooms, we're growing greener. To learn more about aquaponics and see our products, go to our website at southriveraquaponics.com. South River Aquaponics, the future of farming. My dad's vegetables are so good, I can't live without them. Hey, Colorado chefs. Brian Freeman with Growers Organic and the Modern Eater Talk Show. Do you care about where your food comes from? I do. Do you want loyalty from customers who care about that as well? I can help by providing top quality organic produce with reliable delivery, knowledgeable sales team who genuinely care about how food is grown, transported, and served. Chefs, Growers Organic will ensure you have excellent ingredients for your next James Beard dinner, your nightly specials, or your regular menu items. Join the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at growersorganic.com. All right, here we go. Brews beers. Let me tell you about it. There's coming up. It's the Belgium uh, Belgian Beer Festival. If you uh, like great Belgian-style beers, then this event that's coming up, you don't want to miss it. It's the third annual Belgian Beer Gosh, let me get this right. Belgian Brew Fest, and it's happening on April 28th. It's a Sunday. It's right next to Brews Beers in Midtown. They have a great little yard area. What would you call that? Uh, I call it a patio, but it's with a garden times out 10, back. Yeah. And uh, we've been to uh, each and every one of these, and it is truly a pleaser. Uh, the breweries will include Brews Beers, Briar Common, North River North, Periodic Elevation, Gold Spot, Thirsty Monk, Liberati. Paradox, Intrepid Sojourner, plus special guests from Amagang and Duval. Uh, all of these brewers, breweries will be bringing their Belgian-style beers. Uh, there will be live music, food trucks, and special beer pricing at the Brews Beer Festival. The Belgian Brew Fest is Saturday. What was that? Oh, Sunday, April 28th from 1 to 4 p.m. in the garden next to Brews Beers. It's at 1675 West 67th Avenue in Denver. Tickets are limited, of course. So get yours now at BelgianBrewFest.com. Join the party for some Belgian-style badassery and the Belgian Brew Fest on April 28th. Come join us there. Live music and food trucks. Now it's time for the Modern Eater's Booze in the News segment. I like my beer cold, my meat grilled, and my entertainment explosive. All we need is a, is a chair and a, and a cooler beer. Here's your booze news. All right, booze in the news, all the booze news you can use in Chaluna Brewing Company right here. And uh, Javi, Javi from Chaluna. Chale, ¿qué tal? How are you? We're doing well. We're happy today. Got Thank Cheeto you. back over here. Very much. We have Cheeto yeah, because we have birthdays to talk about and beer. Beer. You, your, your birthday yes. is uh, on the 29th. 29th. And international first announcement. What other birthdays coming up? I don't know. 
your baby. Oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that, remember? That takes, that's another month and a half. Yeah, but you're pregnant too, Tito. You're yeah. pregnant too. Yeah, she's growing. She's growing. <laughs> she's growing, baby. <laughs> He's got a baby coming. I know he does. Are you offering to deliver or, or what? Because our I friend right can. here, he can. I am a doctor. He, he, is, he is a doctor. doctor. I and delivered my baby. Did you really? I did. Interesting. Right here, baby. I did too myself. Chalet. Chalet. Anybody can do it. It's really yeah, pretty easy. It's really easy. They nope. do it in the desert. You just gotta crown it right, man. Get it get the head out first and you I'll know. tell you what, Javi comes on the air, we never talk about beer. We'll talk it's about beer in a minute. We're gonna serve some beers right now. We're serving a Chilango, which we were at the Aurora Beer Festival today in their history museum and we always run out of the Chilango. I never see you drink Javi. I don't drink. Yes, you do. I chug a lugger, lugger, lugger. Is there any more in there? I might try that. Uh, there, mira, we have a, a helper on the show today. Lorena, mira, try me another chilango. <laughs> Victor, se me acabó el chilango, mira. Auxilio, socorro, ayúdame. Se me acabó. We should have our, our helpers are slowing down. We should have started. <laughs> no, the Chilango, we love it. We were at a festival, and the Chilango, it's a play on words. Chilango is a person from Mexico City. I'm Chilango, my family's Chilango, but if you don't know, you don't know. Chile and mango. It's got habanero chili pepper and some Ooh. mango. It's a Hefeweizen. Taste that. Yeah, that it, is so good. It's got a little sweet and spice to it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not forward Ooh, spicy. But it me. What, what did I say when it reminded me? Heaven. Mango, tahin, yep. started licking it, biting it on stick. That's it. I told him, mira, when you're, gonna eat, when you're a kid growing up and you're Mexican, you're going to eat pineapple, what do you put on it? Tahin. A little, limon. little limon. Mango. That's right. Tahin, mango, chili. If you, if you could eat a piece of leather off of an old shoe. Pepper. Lime juice. Tahini now, do you get that in Mexico City? Because I've, <laughs> oh, I've yeah. always had that in, in Puerto Vallarta. I, I grew up as a kid it's going there. I still do. Super Mexican. Okay. Yeah, because all over the beach is everything they give you. Yeah. Every kind of stick. fruit on a stick. Yeah, you have cucumber spears, right? Pepino. ¿Qué le pones el pepino? Limón and chile. Limón yep. and chile. Where did Chiluna come from? For those that don't know. Chiluna. Chiluna, my wife actually made it up. We were trying to find a really cool name. And any word that you can think of in any language, just about, uh, is copyrighted or somebody has the domain. So Jennifer did what, what Google did, what Zillow did. She took the word chela, which is ice cold beer in Mexico. Chela. Vamos unas chelas. Chale. And luna, moon, which is in my logo, on my back. The moon, luna. So she just put those together, contracted it, cheluna. And uh, guess what? Nobody had it because it's a totally made up word. <laughs> and it's a true entrepreneur. One. I love it. There is a logo. How's it going over there at Stanley? It's going well. The marketplace is doing really well. We have a lot of really nice partners over there with food. Maria Empanada, Victor, and Lorena sell a lot of empanadas in the brewery, which is really fun. I thought his name was Victor, not Victor. Mira, Victor. 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 <laughs> Victor. <laughs> Chale. A V is like a V is like a B. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel yeah. It, it is. Oh, it is, yeah. Yeah. Victor. I love it. But tell them again. It's in the Stanley Marketplace. Stanley Marketplace. You've got an awesome brewery we in there. We have an awesome it's brewery. So cool you really do. And you serve food? We serve food. The nice thing is I don't have to make the food or have the whole kitchen. So Maria Empanada, there's Misaki Sushi, Comida Mexican Food, Denver Biscuit, uh, Rolling Smoke Barbecue, Glazed and Confused Donut Shop, Stanley Beer Hall, 
uh, Yellow Belly Fried Chicken. There are a lot of restaurants, and if you're at the brewery, you can have all of the food at one table. You don't have to argue with your friends. Where should we go? Have you been, Cheeto? Yeah, you have. It's a cool place. The uh, interior is is so well designed. What what was the inspiration of that? Uh, Mexico. Yeah, we spent a lot of time vacationing in Oaxaca, down in southern Mexico. So the colors and the burnt wood, we burned the wood to make it look like an old place. But the colors, the music, uh, the beers are all heavily influenced by that. I mean, your shirt has got the Dia de Muerta. Yeah, mira, this is uh, an image of me and my wife. Can you see it? Yep, got it. This is stylized after me and Jennifer. Wait, she's like a foot taller than you. <laughs> okay, mira. Have you seen her in life? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'm a yeah, doctor. I can fix those things. Yeah, and uh, you know, if I have to talk to people like today, then she lets me actually wear these Yeah. to come here. <laughs> well, and I've done a dinner with your wife, and she's an impressive woman. I mean, you both are powerhouses. She's the smart one in the couple. Yeah. She's lovely. And this is coming from the ER doctor, folks, just so you know. I mean, during the day, he's brewing beer. At night, he's saving lives. Cutting up a rabbit, fixing yep. the alternator in your car, or does it all. cutting your chest open. It's all kind of the same thing. It's just a skill you learn. <laughs> we're, all, we're all the same. Honestly, we're all the same people. I have a lot of respect for people that do what Chito does and the people that can hear my car pull up and go, oh, you blew a spark plug. <laughs> I don't even think you can blow a spark plug, right? <laughs> I can't blow a spark plug. What about plug. Jay? You love Jay, don't you? Mira, Jay's my güero. Jay speaks Spanish. Yes, he does. Yeah, Lorena and Victor were in here, and I said, hey, did you know that el güero era el petatero allá habla español? Take it back. Take it back here, Jay. Thank everybody for coming. Okay, gracias para todos a venir a la cocina del Modern Eater Show, Studio Kitchen Colorado. Nos vemos la próxima semana como la semana pasada. Bueno, suerte. Eh, Mira, buen con salud. mucho orgullo. Con mucho orgullo. Bien.